Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to the latest episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined by Graham Thulis. Hello, Craig. And Craig Anderson. How are you doing? I'm good. And we are also, uh, I should also mention that uh, if there is if at any point here some typing in the background, it is uh, Graham's uh, better half is in the room with him as well because this is what working from home is, has done to the world. So it cannot be avoided. So just at any point, I'll be able to. Edit out when Graham is not talking, but when Graham is talking and if you hear typing, it's not the other two of us, it's just in the background of Graham's room. So that, that should at least help with any annoyance for, I think I often find when you hear background stuff, if you explain it, or is somebody listening to podcasts when it's explained to you what the noise is, it's a lot easier to stand, but it's just, just like a random noise in the background, you're like, what the hell is that? And then it kind of takes over your you know, thinking as to the, the solid gold content that we're actually going to supply for everybody. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we are going to go through, I think we should reconvene again, hopefully, maybe next week, maybe a, a couple of weeks after, but we'll re- reconvene again for the, the nastier version of this, but the more fun version, the worst players on each team in the Scottish top flight, but we'll release that as a Patreon, so that only the bitter and spiteful and hate-filled of amongst our listeners, those who obviously want to pay to, to listen to us be bitter and hate-filled and, and spiteful. The people who often. give us their good hard-earned money. Exactly, they deserve it. They deserve that content. So we will release that as a Patreon in the, in the coming weeks. In fact, I might actually release this as a Patreon. It's just, this is being recorded at this moment in time. It's kind of an insurance, because I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks' time, and I don't know whether we're going to have the bodies to get the necessarily sh- necessary shows out, and if that's the case then this will be used as a main pod, but it might be a Patreon itself. But I think we'll try at some point in the in the near future to release this as a main podcast and then the worst of as the Patreon. So this is the best players in each team in the Scottish Top Flight. We used to do this, I think we used to do this as a, as a, as a feature every season. I think we've done it for about two or three seasons, but we've, I don't think we've done it for a while. And so we will just, in fact, we always run through them alphabetical order I'm on. Let's do in reverse alphabetical order. So let's go right to the bottom and let's start with St Mirren. Craig, who do you have as the best player on St Mirren Football Club? So so I was going to do a running joke through this as a, as a joke to, to you um, when, when we were discussing this of, of picking an ex-Kelly player for, for every team. Samirin, that, that doesn't narrow it down even in the slightest because it's like all of them. Um, but 
is, is there, can I just put in though cause is, there a, is there an ex-Kelly player on each team because I was looking at the Hearts squad and I couldn't see one just by first glance um, so Bar- Barry Mackay is at least an ex-youth product of Kelly ah. at some point so I was going I was going for him um, on that basis Aberdeen had Matty Kennedy that, that was because um, I, I thought they weren't going to have one but they also signed Craig Sampson in, um, in an emergency at the weekend so I could have picked him imagine that imagine that was your life for a uh, you have an emergency and the answer is Craig Sampson. Like, what, a, what, a world, what a world to live in. Um, but, but in the absence of that and, and taking this uh, taking this more seriously, um, I, f- I found St Mirren quite a hard team to pick actually because I think they've got, I, I talked about it on, well, I, I don't know when this has been released, I talked about it on the most recent podcast that I did um before we recorded this, that they've got a lot, they've got a lot of good. Um, you, you, you talked about this on Tuesday, the fifteenth of February. That's that's exactly true. Um, the the attacking talent they've got, and and I think it's maybe a bit harsh on Jack Annick, who's an, an excellent goalkeeper. It's probably quite harsh on their very good defence. But I am going to go for Connor Ronan, um, who I think has just been consistently very good since he came in every time you see him he's a big game player as well because every time you see him on the telly he seems to be battering in goals from outside the box and just just doing good things and he he's one of these guys because I'm always sceptical of players coming in on loan from, from English football I think the hit rate for getting these guys in is so low but the contrast of that is Jim Goodwin's hit rate as a as a recruiter, is extremely high. I think I, I can't think of a manager in recent times who's done a better job of constantly bringing in good players. And so Ronan, Ronan is very much one of those. I just think he's he's got he works hard, um, which I think is a prerequisite to to get a game for St Mirren. But he also has a fantastic amount of ability, and he's fairly two footed. He, he doesn't, you know, you don't see him falling over the ball when he's trying to go in one direction rather than the other. He's quite creative but he's also direct when he needs to be and it's everything I like in an attacking player um, and so yeah he, he's the one that I ended up going for I really like Ronan and obviously the looking at St Myrna over the past couple of years Jimmy McGrath has been such a big part of their team and I kind of felt that and just never really took to McGrath like he seemed to get an awful lot of goals but his contribution to me never really felt like it was equal to the, the amount of praise he got Ronan on the other hand, every time I watch him I'm quite happy to see more of him, every time I watch him I feel like you're learning a little bit more about him and you see what he brings to the team um, for myself um, I kind of had a look at Ronan, had a look at the attacking players, had a look at various players and Anik as well deserves a shout and almost made it in for me I actually went for Joe Shocknessy um, on the basis that he makes about as many challenges as anyone in the Smyrna team. He wins about as many challenges as just about anyone in the league. He's only missed one game uh, this season. Um, and despite what Smyrna have been throughout the course of the season, and at the start of the season they felt quite stodgy and quite um, sort of safety first. Now that they've opened up, his game hasn't really deteriorated from that point at all. Um, he also has swapped Ken from the primarily on the left-hand side of St. Run's defence last year to over on the right-hand side and it doesn't really feel like he's dropped at any point there at all and he's just St. Run's defence has had quite a lot of movement and him and Marcus Fraser are kind of the two ever-presents throughout the season with him um, and he just continually is just that steadying and solid presence and the my favourite thing was shocking to see as well is that you're almost guaranteed a last minute, win- last minute winner against Hibs at least once a season at least once a season for him as well. So, yeah, shocking to see my guy for St. Mern. 
Yeah, I had Sean as well. I don't think there's too much else to add other than I like him because he always seems to play well at Easter Road. And uh, my my best pal works with his sister as well. And he's uh, met him a couple of times and says he's a very nice bloke. So He's but, a lovely, lovely guy, yeah. Absolute delight. And so, I love I mean, their family. I love their famous family. So they've got... <laughs> <laughs> so they've got Joe Shaughnessy they've got Conor Shaughnessy he used to play for Hearts and Leeds and I think is in English League 1 now I can't remember who we with they've got a sister whose name I can't remember who was Jessica Hyde in the British TV show Utopia I think it was called and then their other sister works with Lee Forrest at Tuchter's Landing and which one is the biggest claim to fame? Who can decide? <laughs> it should Welcome be Lee Forrest, Forrest but... <laughs> Lee Forrest. The, I mean, the thing with Strongness is, like, it was such a big signing at the time that they brought him in, because defa- they I mean, St. Mirren have got a, a very small first-team squad. They operate quite small, and there's such a lack of defenders, and it was, it was probably a bit of a risk to bring him in, because, yes, he'd been good before, but he'd kind of tailed off when he realised he was leaving St. Johnston, and then... Um, he, he didn't necessarily do brilliantly down in England from, from what I gather. I don't think he was bad either, but it, it did feel like a bit of a risk to bring him back up. But yeah, he's been he's been um been exceptionally solid ever since he since he arrived, um, basically in Paisley and I I can't argue with those. I think I I'm probably always going to be biased towards attacking players. We'll probably get that through this, but um I, well, it's a harder like if you're talking about best like yeah they might not be kind of best over a long period of time in terms of form and consistency but it's kind of easy to go towards the attackers because it's a harder job creating goals and scoring goals is infinitely a harder job than stopping them going in that's why they're paying the big bucks and they're the big players and I'm right, not let's, interested let's move to I'm the more interested let's move to St Johnson where Jesus this is hard not, no, not. not a lot of attacking players here. This, this is this is not this is not this, this is the easiest choice in the entire list because it's Xander Clark because he's easily St Johnston's best player by some distance and there's every chance that we're going to find out particularly given that he's picked up an injury that over the next three or four weeks quite how good and quite how vital Xander Clark is to St Johnston. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go. With, do you know why I didn't want to go to Clark? It's because it's still. I'm still bristling a little bit. Everybody pretends that he's been excellent for like five years, kind of thing. Where he was no, actually, he's not. He's actually the past, the past the past eighteen months. He has been arguably as good as anybody as a top flight goalkeeper ah. in the Scottish Premiership. Um, I think and it's, it's now re- it's now reaching the point where it was a case of well, six months is a flash. Six months is good form. Twelve months is. So he's, do, he's doing quite well. 18 months is getting to the point. Graham, I would disagree with you on 18 months. I think he didn't actually start playing well until until that header at Ibrox yesterday, so that's not quite even 12 months. But I know he was he was a big player in the, the League Cup, uh, success for St Johnston okay, as well. Let's um, go the, back. The, I'm not going 18 months because I think he had the hips. poor start to that season. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's okay. So the last, since the start of 20. Fuck! What year is it now? It's <laughs> since the start of twenty twenty one. He's been a he's been a huge player for St Johnson, and I think that's probably long enough that he is the he is the choice here. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to go against it because I still get annoyed at uh, people who just kind of seem to pretend that he's been excellent for like his entire career. He was excellent when he first broke through, and then for about three seasons wasn't very good. Uh, but he's now got back to those levels before. Um, so yeah, okay, I'm, I'm fair enough to to give it to to Clark. I did consider the other contenders I had was Liam Gordon and Jamie McCart because I don't think there's anybody McCart. else to actually consider. Jamie McCart's been rubbish this season, but I'm kind of betting that McCart is rubbish because 
he he wants he's got an eye on a move away for St Johnson. He's out of contract at the end of the season, and he wants to go. But he's actually a better, much better player than he's shown this campaign, and he's actually looked kind of getting back to his previous form in recent weeks. Liam Gordon just got a steady decent centre half, but nothing really special about him. Good 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 uh, coordinator of the defence, good communicator, a, a Perthshire boy, all that stuff. Decent enough, but yeah, not like not the defensive linchpin he was maybe made out to be last season when he was voted uh, as the 15th best player in Scottish football over the year. Uh, better, was it better than Alfredo Morelos or one position behind him or something wild in that daily record list? So yeah, he's not quite that, but he's decent enough, but yeah, I'm probably going to have to... I'm going to have to um, stop being so petty and stubborn and just admit that Xander Clark is Johnson's best player. Well, I, I wanted to go with someone who has not been tainted at all by the absolute disaster that they've been um, this season. So I picked David Willerspoon because um, <laughs> he's been out injured all season. Um, I, you can't even give it to him because in the, the appearances that he did make, he, got himself, he, came, on, he came on and then got himself immediately sent off Aye. against Galatasaray as well. Craig, I would disagree with you. I think of the games he played this season, I know it was a many before he got injured, but the games he did play, he looked fucking rubbish. I, I just think, I think if David Willerspoon had been sticking about um, and, and hadn't missed most of the season, they they might have a few more points, um, and and I'm I'm but I think they have been diabolical this season, St Johnston. So anyone who is not associated with it, it was either him or Callum Hendry, the two that haven't been associated with that di- <laughs> that diabolical uh, uh, set set of games. Um, could so, have gone so with Nadir Chiftjes. Not enough games to be tainted. It could, could have gone yeah, it's one one of those. Tom sang. It could have been him as well. Um, but I think I think the forty five minutes he did have was probably enough to rule him out. Um, so yeah, I decided I decided because we talked about not being form about being who we think's the best on on ability and as him for me, I think he's. Um, I mean, he's, he's age he's age will catch up with him and maybe maybe this injury will be will be the thing that does it. But um, I think long term for St Johnston, he's been one of the stars for for a while now. It's Craig Fowler here with a proposition. How does a free case of beer sound? After the longest January in record off the back of some testing times, I reckon you think that sounds fantastic. Let's face it, we all deserve a party and I can think of nothing better than being ambushed by some delicious craft beer. Grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to beer52.com forward slash terrace and covering the meagre postage of 5 95 Beer 52 is the biggest beer club in the world. Each month they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the globe and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip takes its best beer from across the continent. If you want a Pilsner, they've got you covered from Norwegs Lerweg Brewery. If you want a Monster 7.5% double IPA, they have you covered from Sweden's Duggins Brewery. Or, if you'd like something a little on the dark side, there's a smooth coffee stout from Copenhagen's To Ool. <laughs> I think I got the pronunciation right there. And there's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, amongst others. If dark beer's not your thing, you can also select the light-only case. You also get the Ferment magazine, a couple of tasty stacks, and if you're not satisfied with your Beer 52 order, you can pause or cancel your subscription at any time. So that's beer52.com forward slash terrace to claim your free case now. That's beer52.com forward slash terrace. Right, let's move on to Ross County. Graham, who is Ross County's best player and why is it Regan Charles Cook? Because he's the Premiership top scorer. 
Craig, what have you got for us? Yeah, I, I've I've uh, I've gone for Regan Charles Cook. Um, <laughs> just uh, I thought I thought he was probably uh, probably the one that uh, Ross County are a very strange team, right? But that fr- that front, I mean. I, I, I'm saying that front three is good. I am not remotely suggesting Jordan White is anywhere near um, being one of the three best uh, players at Ross County, but he, he's a part of that front three. And Hongbo is a very good player as well. But but Charles Cook is the one that is constantly the difference maker for them, right? I mean, he's the one that gets the goals and they're, and they're very often important goals. Because sometimes you get a guy that scores 30 goals in a season, but half of them are, when this team, especially if it's like a Rangers or Celtic player, half of them is when the team are already 3-0 up. But such a massive chunk of his goals are winners, equalisers, things like that. And um, such a such an improvement, marked improvement on probably the first seven or eight months of last season. Where I mean, ju- just remembering his debut against Motherwell when he, he came on the park and I think the first thing he did was fall over the ball. Um, yep. And... I mean, anyone can follow for the ball, but um, it, it just it didn't it didn't it didn't go down well because I picked him at the start of last season. We we always do a wee pre-season prediction as best and worst signings, and I'd read into him a bit and thought this guy's going to be good and picked him as the best signing for Ross County last season and was made to look stupid by that. But then he has uh, he's decided to just delay it to make me look stupid twice because then I thought he was going to be rubbish this year. So. Yeah, just a, a really good player, isn't he? And and someone that if he sticks around in Scotland next season, he will not be at Ross County. Yeah, I don't think we actually need to say much more on him. Yeah, Regan Charles Cook, undoubtedly the best player at, at uh, Ross County. Right, let's move on to Rangers. Um, this is bloody tough. <laughs> I so there's four players that I considered, and I ultimately settled for this. Because just in my heart of hearts, it just makes me happy to pick this man. So the Rangers' best player, I stuck with Alfredo Morelos. He's still... I mean, he's shown recently, like, when he's come back into the... After he missed the, the time away being with the uh, Colombian national team and he missed a couple of Rangers games, then he comes back in and you can see right away they're just such a better team with him in the side. His, his play outside the box, the, the kind of link-up play that he's done with the, under Gerard, but now he's kind of going back more into the Morelos of old, where he's bullying defenders more, looking to run in behind more. His, his physicality is outstanding, his link-up play is outstanding, his movement is outstanding, his antics are outstanding. <laughs> Just everything about him is tremendous. So while they're... Is, I mean, a couple of years ago, I'd, if we'd done this, I can't remember, I don't think we did maybe two years ago, but if we'd done this two years ago, it would have been like a standout. Morelos is obviously Rangers' best player. It's now nowhere near as clear-cut as it was then. But I'm still going for the... I'm sticking with tradition. I'm saying Morelos is still Rangers' best player. Nobody has... Think of it, if you think of it as a boxer, nobody has taken the title from him. James Tavernier came very close last year, but I'm not sure that over, over, on the balance, if you include this season as well, that you could say that he deservedly does. Graham, who do you have? Well, it's, it's, it's interesting you should ask me that like, because I've gone for James Tavernier as Rangers' best player. It's close. I think it was between the it's between the two and Joe Rebo for me. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And while I could probably on a different day be swung to one of one of a Rebo or Morelos, depending on what had happened, the sort of raw numbers for James Tavernier add up to make a, a, a fairly compelling argument on the basis that he creates the most chances, he has the most assist, he has the most goals for anyone that isn't a centre-forward, which seems like a reasonable way of judging things because he's a right-back. <laughs> he makes more key passes than anyone else. When he is good, they are good. He's Rangers' best player. 
as for this time next weekend, it might be Rivellas, it might be Aribo. Aribo looks just a little bit knackered at this point in the season. Like he looks like he needs just a little bit out of the team, and um, just in order to recover a little bit because feel, I feel like he's played an awful lot of football. Um, Morelos since he's since Gio's come in, as you say, his game is just that little bit more natural to him rather than what Gerard was asking him to do. He did very well for Gerard, but what he's doing now appears to be what exactly what he wants to do. Um, so. A very good argument, but no, it's uh, it's Tavernier for me. I'm I'm with you, Craig. Um, I, I went for Morelos. Um, tw- I mean, twenty seven goals in Europe at the time of recording. They're playing Borussia Dortmund tonight um, in, in the first leg. But um, so twenty seven goals tomorrow, probably. <laughs> um, but the um, I mean, yeah, they play more games in Europe and, and all of that, but. To, to outscore McCoyst in Europe to be I think he's one of the top three now in, in all time for Scottish clubs um, something that that region is nonetheless incredibly impressive over 100 goals for Rangers in the space of like less than five seasons um, he's just consistent he just scores he scores lots of goals he's hit double figures every season he's been here in the league um, got got 30 and 29 and um the kind of 18, 19 and 19, 20 tailed off a bit last season, but that was, he was being asked to play quite a different role, I would have said. And then I think, I think he may have missed his boat on the big move that he was hoping for, but the goals that he continues to score for Rangers are, are big ones again. Um, especially these European goals. How many times have they dug out a win in Europe and it's been him that scored the goal? And, and as much as Tavernier has been obviously excellent for them. I think you could much more easily lose his contribution than, than Morelos's over that period. I think they they probably don't get anywhere near the success they've had in Europe over the last few years, which is ultimately really what Rangers should be aiming to do. Without him, I don't, I don't think they get anywhere near it. I was just looking to see if there's, because I heard something about a new like, trying to get him on a new contract recently. Yeah, they are trying to say that there was um, bits and pieces um, last week there was a it was a verified Twitter account, but it wasn't somebody I recognised saying that Rangers are trying to get him on an extended contract. So it was like a five year five year deal or whatever. Which again, if if he signs a five year deal, then that's going to take him comfortably into the top ten uh, all time top flight scorers. Um, and the only question at that point is how quite how high up he can get it. That's what you want, eh? Stick around, Alfie. A Come legacy. on, it's a, a legacy. legacy. The next, the next, the last one was the last one to do. It. I'm not saying he's quite as good, but he's uh, he was the last one that hung around. It was clearly too good for this level, but hung around long enough to just constantly batter in goals. I would quite like to see him try himself at a higher level, just to kind of see. Because I think he would do well, but obviously, he really has his doubters. So a lot of people don't think he's good enough for that level. But I, I would like to see him try it and to basically prove me right. But at the same time, I don't really watch football. It's in Scotland anymore. So at the same time, I just not watch Alfredo Morelos anymore. And that's that's bad. So yeah, fuck it, stick around. Right, Motherwell. Eh, uh, hmm. Great, I'm you, next. You, you guys go first and then we'll see where we end up. Okay. I went for Liam Kelly, even though I don't think he's necessarily had a great season. I just he's think world that, class, Craig. He's world class. <laughs> I just think that he's 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 had his mistakes at times, but I think overall he World class saves though. He, he keeps making world class. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to let us go, Graham. No, I keep seeing, I, I keep being told that Liam Kelly is making world-class saves. That's, I just wanted to highlight that he makes world-class saves, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I, 
don't know if I can detect some uh, sarcasm there, but we'll get to you in a second. So yeah, I had Liam Kelly. Um, they are... Despite the fact that he has he has had these errors at the point of the season, he has made uh, still a few terrific stops for Motherwell this campaign. And I think just over the course of his career and the impact that he made coming in last season particularly as well, a, a real boost to the side. And, and probably as well, I just didn't really see a lot of other possible standout candidates. Like, there's no really for the attack who's consistent enough. The defence, there's... Some decent players there, but again, not many I would really say properly stands out as, oh, what a player he is. And so I kind of thought between Kelly and Callum Slattery, but I'm just a bit more familiar with Kelly's work, so I went with him. That was kind of my, my reasoning in the end. Craig? Yeah, I, I did as well, because the, the, the more I looked at this list to try and find Motherwell's best player, the more, more my respect for Graham Alexander grew, I think, because... <laughs> What, I mean, who else am I going to pick? Like, I mean, the the forwards, as you said, like Willery. I mean, Van Veen has his moments, and if if you were talking about that one game in four, like where he's brilliant, you you would pick him. But like guys like Willery, like um, like um, who was the other forward? I was going to say Roberts, Shields. They're not that good. They're fine. They're they're capable players at this level. You look at the midfielders; they're all. You've got Sean Goss who can pass the ball and not much else in. Lots of other guys that are shit kickers, and then some weird defenders, a weird bunch <laughs> of defenders. Because you've got someone like Stephen O'Donnell, international level, played for Kelly, fantastic, barely kicked his ass for Motherwell, and a bunch of centre backs who, even talking to you, Graham, go back and forward between, oh, he's actually really good, and then what an absolute dumpling. And so, how how do I pick any? How do I pick anyone else apart from Kelly, who, for all these folks, does um, does constantly bring out the, the moments that do win you games. Again, we're talking after the, the cup game against Aberdeen at the weekend um, that he pulled off a save in the last minute that wins, wins the game for Motherwell. He's not the only player that contributes to that win, but that those moments stick in your head, so it's, it's why I've picked him. Uh, I will be picking uh, Motherwell's centre-half slash right-back, Bevis Mugabe, given that he's essentially... I mean, Liam Kelly's quite good, but Bevis Mugabe's our best player in two positions. Um <laughs> So, I mean, I can't really argue with that, can you? Like, he is... And I know it's like, when he came in, and in particular the game against St Mirren in the Cup, when we conceded four in, like, 20 minutes, he was an absolute catastrophe. But throughout watching him, you kept seeing some wee bits and pieces, like, you're actually quite a decent defender. Maybe there's something there, maybe something. The more consistently he plays, and again, he's, he's the, the first game back after the, great, the, the break against Ross County, he was all over the place again and I always feel it takes him at least 90 minutes to just spin up to being a good player again um, the fact that he's currently as Craig says O'Donnell has not been great for Motherwell Mugabe I would rather have Mugabe tearing down the right wing and slinging across into the stand at this moment in time because you feel that you're getting far more out of him during the game he's aggressive on the ball he is Sort of surprisingly quick, and every time he goes on a mazy run, it just raises a really big smile on my face because it looks really difficult to de- defend against. Simply on the basis, I'm not sure he knows what's going to happen next, so I'm not entirely sure other defenders and midfielders can anticipate what's going to happen next, which makes him very difficult to defend against. As well as a centre half, I think for me, he's probably our most he is our most consistent centre half. Solholm looks very good for big parts of games and then drops out. Ojala, since he came back from injury, looks 
borderline finished. Like he, he played himself into the Aberdeen game and was much better. And again, he was the same when he came in and he just needed a couple of games to wind himself up to play in again. But he's very, been very injury prone throughout the season, which is essentially why we've got a finished centre half playing for us. Um, but out of all of them, Mugabe's my guy. I was about to say after you'd finished there, how on earth are Motherwell in the top six? But then I remember there's another player we're going to get to is somebody else's best player, and that's why we'll get to that soon enough. Right, Livingston. So Livingston, I have six players who I think are competing for the runner-up spot for this. So I have Bruce Anderson, Jason Holt, Scott Pittman, Jack Fitzwater, Io Obelai, and Nicky Devlin. I think are all in contention as Livingston's second best player. But I think they're clearly their best player is Stefan Omionga. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I, that's that's not where I was going with that. I was wondering where you were going with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, it's, I find this the hardest team of the lot to do because they're, they're all... They've got several good players, many of whom you listed there, but they're all kind of... Like like quite the same like like there, there's not a there's not a star player I, I get where you're going with Omi there Onga is a star think, player at Stefan Omionga I've just told you but but I, I do think like uh, Omionga's a player who's a good player he's been a very good player when he's been in Scotland but the hype goes beyond how good he is for me like he, he is good but you would think from the way he was talk, talked about at Hibs that he was the kind of second coming of John McGinn or whatever I think at, but, Hib- I think at Hibs he was a bit overhyped uh, but it, Livingston this season this man has dominated the games in the centre of the park on his own for for a Livingston team that are not known for dominating games in the centre of the park he like especially both games against Hibs I've seen both of them and he just absolutely oh, ruled dominate, dominating the Hibs midfield come on now <laughs> oh, that's a real a real a real sign of a great player dominating a Hibs midfield they're still 7th they're still <laughs> still that's still half the league Graham bottom half yeah, it's still half the league though. Livingston North. Oh wait, are Livingston top half now? I can't mind. Okay, I've I'm 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 gonna hold my hands up and say that I lifted this almost entirely from Livichick in the Terrace Podcast uh, Discord server, who highlighted the importance of Scott Pippen to Livingston and it's been stuck in the back of my head ever since it, she shared that for us as well. So at the point at that point, so there's been some games since, but at that point Pittman had uh played 21 games, he started 7, came on a sub, had no involvement in, in 10. So he split that into 11 games where he was involved and 10 where he wasn't. They won 7 and lost and drew 3 of the ones he was and the ones where he, oh sorry, the one where he, they haven't won a single game where he hasn't featured, lost 7 and drew 3. Where he has been involved, they won 6, drew 2 and lost 3. I intended to double check the stats on that going forward to add in the extra games since then but I've simply not had the time so I must apologise and I'm Hope I've referenced this, referenced this appropriately, but Scott Pittman is the best player in Livingston and their midfield. He's the best player in their midfield and he's the best player at Livingston. Every time you see him, it's, it's hopeless watching Livingston on highlights because you don't get any sense of the, the rhythm of the game and the way the game is being played by Livingston. And that's kind of always been the case for me. Watching Pittman in person and in the flesh, you watch a whole game, you just he just pops up there and he pops up there and he pops up there and he cuts out danger and starts to attack he just does everything which is the very bits that are clipped out at the beginning of highlights and you don't really see them until you watch the full game I would like all the Livingston fans either whether via Twitter or via Discord to to 
to tell Graham how wrong he is about this. And, and Craig as well. Craig, who's your pick? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, I still don't know who my pick is. Craig, <laughs> I, I, I sat and went through this and I, I listed like, I listed about nine players who I thought like they're quite good. Like I've got Nicky Devlin down, Jack Fitzwater down, Obelai down, Pittman down. Um, who else did I have? Um, I'm going through the going through the squad list now. I, I did have Omionga as one of them. Um, mainly those guys, but um, I, I I don't know is the answer. I'm going to pick Nicky Devlin just because I like him. Um, I don't think he's our best player. I don't think anyone's our best player. I think David I Martindale's could, our best player. A good Air United man, Nicky Devlin. Um, he left them, so that's for just, shame. For that's, shame. That's good Craig. enough for me. As soon as he you're softened in your old, you're softening in your age. Fatherhood has changed he, you. Oh, he's, he's not an Air United player now, is he? He, he left them in the lurch. Um, but I just think I, I, I think David Martindale is the most the most important person at Liverpool in terms of getting them all playing. I think these are good players and I really found it hard and Devlin I just really like watching he's he's my type of fullback. He's he's solid but he gets up and down really well. It probably is Omionga, but now that now that I've gone into bat against what you said, Craig, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the, the satisfaction of picking him. <laughs> oh come on man, it feeds me, it sustains me. <laughs> right, let's move on. Hibbs. Oh, speaking of speaking of arguments that I like to go on about. Hibs' best player is Ryan Porteous. Mm, that's uh, a. Do, do you know what? Do you know what? I actually have Christian Toys down on my list just to prove a point. Um, <laughs> but you are actually right. Um, simply on the basis that see when you watch Hibs and Porteous isn't playing, they like Hibs have been poor this season. Uh, there are no bones about it. Hibs have not been a good football team this season. Hibs and Ryan Porteous is not playing are an abysmal football team because there are there are limits to his game. I'm not entirely convinced that he is the second coming of anything. However, when he does not play for Hibernian, they are absolutely atrocious because they don't they don't know what to do. They, they genuinely the the ball starts at the back. Whether they try to play it out, whether they go long, they simply don't know how to function without him because it's him taking the ball out of defence, striding out of defence, and or alternatively pinging passes to guys out on the wing. Or they're hopeless without him. So he's the best player. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this squad and I'm I'm questioning like how Hibs have managed to spend so much money and accumulating a squad like this, like a, a solid kind of bottom six centre half like Portis probably is their best player, and that's quite a a, a kind of um, damnation on the rest of the squad. So how dare you? Um, yeah, I think I, I'm going to I'm going to have to go for him as well um, because again, you could have said this time last year or whatever in this bit, but it's a sustained period of not being very good. Um, and then you've got lots of other guys that have shown flashes here and there. Um, Cadden's been good. Cadden's been good sort of since about what sort of October, November. Has been good, but again, that's simply because everything has to go through him because there's nobody else to run for Hibs at the moment because after Boyle's gone, so he's such a big part of the squad now. He still can't cross a ball, so he can't be their best player. Still can't lift his head up, so he can't be their best player. But, but it's he... like ten percent of his crosses go into the net, like happened um, <laughs> that was that against Levy a few weeks ago. I don't think that counts as 10% given the number of crosses. <laughs> no, if you have 10% of your crosses going to the net, that's an incredible average, but it's simply not. I kind of feel like it's, it's not, a lot of it's not his fault as well, because he often puts in a great cross oh, and on. then Kevin Nisbet is standing on the penalty spot with his thumb up his arse. Well, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what would be fine at that point? See if he'd looked up. <laughs> He's never going to look up again. See if he'd lifted his head up and gone, right, where's Kevin? I'll pass the ball to him. This, this just... really annoys me. I was watching a game the other night and I can't, I can't even remember what the game 
game was. Oh no, it was the Peterhead and D game. In the, in the commentator went, oh, it's a, it's a really good cross. He really has to expect the centre forwards to be there because the forwards were both like outside the box. It's, it's not a good cross. Like you can't just deliver a deliver a standard ball across the a, across the area and then say, oh, I, I did my job. Like you have to actually pass to your teammates. It's like if your right back's down injured, you don't just pass the ball to the position that he should be in. Uh, so yeah, I, I this hip squad like. The more you look at it, like I think, I think this has been a useful exercise for me. Because if you said to me, you know, talk about the Hibs squad, I said, you know, I've got a bunch of a bunch of pretty good players. They're maybe a wee bit short in numbers, but you know, they've got quality in that squad, and you know, Maloney will get something out of them. And then I look at this, and I'm like, where? where's the quality? Like, um, you're talking about guys like Scott Allen, who I mean, undoubtedly has quality, but. It does it for twenty minutes a, a month. To like, further on, underline your point, I think Kevin Nisbet is our second best player, and he's not been good for the no, most part. No, still Chris Dodge. It's Chris Dodge. <laughs> Dodge. Dodge is a, it's a bit of a recency bias, but yeah, Dodge hasn't really been at it since he came back for injury. But I think he had COVID as well, so maybe that's uh, part of the reason why that he's not at full fitness. Because it could be Dodge, yeah. Um, but not not only did Hibs not have good players, they're making players who looked reasonable actually get worse mm. which is an alarming spot to find yourself in it's like what we'll um, have to do a young player hi it's Fowler here once again to tell you about Manscaped and the ultimate purchase in below the waist men's grooming that's right it's performance package 4.0 Manscaped the leaders in male grooming have done it again to take your grooming game to the next level join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE. So let me tell you a little bit about the performance package 4.0. Inside you'll find the lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold it all together. But let's focus in on the lawnmower 4.0 today. This summer is insane. Manscaped would like it to be known that it's the greatest ball trimmer ever, and it's very hard to disagree. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which you really don't want, thanks to their new advanced skin safe technology. It also has a 7000 RPM motor, a new function on and off switch which can gauge a travel lock because you don't want a random vibration coming from your bag when you're in a train station. Yes, that has happened to me before, (laughs) but thankfully I don't have to worry about that anymore with this new package. And it gives you the ability to turn off a 4000K LED spotlight should you need it for a more precise shave. Oh, and did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? With all that money you save from barely doing bugger all in January, bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year. Treat them with the best tools for the job with Manscaped. Speaking of hearts, it's Craig Gordon, isn't it? It's Craig Gordon. <laughs> it's got to be Craig Gordon. <laughs> Next. He's, he's, the best, he's the best goalkeeper in the league, and, and that's including... Like former England international and and a fellow former Scotland international, another good goalkeeper who who might come up later on. He's it's incre- it's easily overlooked again, and I know we mention it a lot, but it's an incredible story when you think of where he was. And you, I mean, I was listening. Hang, to, hang on a second. Which uh, which other goalkeeper might come up? You thinking of McGregor? Because we're already no, done. Rangers. No, no, no. Uh, Seagrest. 
All right, I thought you meant Scottish. I thought you were still talking no, no, about no, Scottish no, sorry, I just mean be- no. I mean best goalkeeper um, right, okay, in, uh, in the league. Um, and I um, yeah, you, you look, you, you kind of the story of him actually being out of the game for that period of time and being able to come back is like maybe only a goalkeeper could do it, but it's still. Um, to see him play the way he is and throw himself about after a guy that's had long-term injuries and all that is, um, yeah, it's incredible. And, and he, I think this has been probably the best year of his, not of his career necessarily, but of since he left Hearts. And that's quite a lot to say considering he was very good for Celtic. He did have good times at Sunderland, but this season since Hearts came back into the top flight, I think he's been phenomenal. Has saved more shots than any other keeper in the league, which sounds about right, realistically, on the basis that Rangers and Celtic goalkeepers don't concede that many shots and nobody else saves anything. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty much on the money for that. Let's he, is, he is a different class of player um, to anybody else, just about outside of the outside of the old firm. He and the fact that and like, you kind of forget until you turn up and until Hearts either turn up in the telly, you turn up at Tynecastle, and then you remember he's there, and he does what he does every single time. You see him is do something outrageous, but it's not even outrageous anymore because he does it every single time you watch him. If we're talking best outfield player for Hearts, I'd say it's between John Suter and Stephen Kingsley. We're talking for best attacker, it's Barry Mackay. Let's move on to Dundee United. I like how you didn't leave his uh, right to reply there on that. Who <laughs> <laughs> you going to argue over Barry Mackay? I mean that's a good point um, uh, Liam Boyce I... <laughs> yeah, it could yes. be Boyce he does score goals but he's been a bit rubbish recently so I'm going to fall out one Dundee United's best player is Tony Watt yes, and they continue to misuse him and I'm beginning to think that Tam Courts might not be the tactical genius that he's made out to be well the last two games he has been playing po- through the centre just not on his own just uh, come in, you've signed the league's top scorer and you stick him wide in order to accommodate Mark McNulty. No. What's wrong with you? Well, you put them as a partnership. They've just not looked very good in the 3-5-2, so I don't know how long that formation will last. And But it does last. He surely needs to sacrifice Mark McNulty rather than sacrificing Tony Watt. It's remarkable. You've offered a big contract to bring somebody in. You've got him in a big contract. You've paid the money to get him early in order to secure what is going to be a top six finish and potentially a European spot, he arrives and for four games, I think, stick him wide. Where he, yes, does influence the game, does contribute to the game, but isn't scoring. What's wrong with you? Like, I, 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 honestly, it, it, it's driving me nuts every single time. Um, every single time I see it, it's driving me berserk. So, I mean, if we, if we talk about Martin McNulty, this is not the place to do it, but let's do it anyway. On that loan spell he had at Hibs, seven league goals in 15 games he's played. Let me add this up properly. Six, 23, 31. Yeah, 41 league games since then in the Scottish Premiership. How many goals do you think he scored in those 41 games? Four. It it was exactly four. Yeah, you were right, Craig. (laughs) Uh, Four and 41 in that period. I think think Mark McNulty is a a terrible centre forward. He scored against Kelly this season, though, but that doesn't say say much for anything. Um, I I like Tony Watt. I think he's a fantastic player, a massively underrated player. But I mentioned Seagreese earlier. I think long-term he's... he's, I think he's the reason Dundee United stayed up last season. Um, He's probably not the reason they're... They're doing quite as well this season, so I think he's been he's been fine, but maybe not as good. But 
I'm I'm going to pick him anyway. I, I think that's the, th- the third goalkeeper I've picked, but nonetheless, um, I I really like Sigristan. I think he's had um, he's been a fantastic servant for Dundee United since since he arrived. And I mean, wherever he goes, because I assume he's he's off. I think he'll be very sadly badly missed because they've. <laughs> I mean, we don't know much about the Finnish guy they've brought in. Maybe he'll be as good, but they've got a massive gap to fill. I think I do feel Seagrass has dropped off just ever so slightly this year. Last year, I thought he was very, very good. This year, he seems to be doing... He seems to be reverting to dropping things in dangerous areas uh, more consistently than he did previously. But again, who can do? I, I, I didn't spend the time. I haven't spent the time figuring it out. But I, to me, he's dropped off a little bit. Um, but he's still, I agree, very good. Right, let's move on to the team that I think is the hardest out of everybody. It certainly is for me. Dundee. Charlie Adam. Uh, is it though? <laughs> because. Yes. Like, who, I mean, he's who certainly else? the most he, talented footballer, but is he the you, best you, player? Who's the best footballer at Dundee? Is Charlie Adam. He's the best footballer, um, but is he the most effective each week? He said he's tight on the bench not long ago. He can't play in a two man midfield. That, that kind of says a lot about him. Has to get the bus to training now. <laughs> has to get the bus to training. But at the same time, I did go for him because looking around the rest of the team, who the hell else would it be? Lee Ashcroft had a terrific five months. Um, but his legs is, fell off. Yeah, his legs fell off and he's never really shown it in the top flight before, so that just might be a good five-month period and that's him. Paul McMullen, I think he's had a good season, but he's never really done it at this level before. Uh, so again, not a lot of time to go with that. Sean Byrne. Is maybe the other player you could you could look at, but you can't really go. But you've got the option, and there's not a whole lot between them. You can't really go with the kind of the industrious, the the man who loves the slide tackle, loves to break up play. You can't really go with him over the guy who is still capable of you know spraying fifty yard passes and stuff. But Adam, I don't think it's as clear cut as as you would you would say, Graham, because I do think that he at this age and this level of fitness. He clearly has his limitations as a player and deservedly has been in and out of the side, I think, of late as well. But, yeah, just through, through a lack of any other options. I mean, Zach Grodden might be in a, in a few weeks' time or whatever, but for the meantime, it's, got, it's all got to be Charlie Adam. What, what, about, what about one of, one of your favourites, Niall McGinn? Uh, he's done now. <laughs> I wasn't sure because I remember I remember him being talked up as uh, even as recently as like a couple of years ago you were having him as a kind of top three winger so I was wondering if you'd yeah that that season I'd done that he had a very good season and I am standing by it um, six months the six months since he went to Korea and then came back because Aberdeen would you like to come and hang out again and he was like yeah sure it's I feel like it, and I know he has but it does feel in my mind that he's never kicked a ball since. I I also very reluctantly picked Adam. I think he was absolutely tremendous in, in the championship and in and in the playoffs, particularly last season, but um and he's been good in spells in the top flight, but again just just another dreadful squad and you, you can understand it a bit more when it's a team that have come up for the championship and now that they've brought in their, their obviously high quality manager, you would expect that to change uh, quickly. But um the yeah, you just look at the um the squad and I mean it is a championship squad with maybe three, four, five, six players that are able to play at the level up, but there's not. Some teams come up and they've got like three or four guys who are like they are nailed on like really good Premiership players. Dundee have a bunch of guys who you say, yeah, they could do a job in the Premiership. But like Jordan McGee when he was playing in midfield, I thought was very good. But 
injuries and stuff have moved him back to the defence where he's been the defender Jordan McGee that isn't good enough for the top flight. So there's guys like that that you think, you know, if things go well for them, they could be playing at this level, but there's so few. Right, let's move on to our penultimate team, Celtic. This is bloody difficult, uh, but a completely different way from uh, which Dundee was bloody difficult. There's a good few. There's, there's certainly, I've got four players, I would say, are very strong contenders for the number one spot here. Uh, one, he's just at the door, but he's been excellent in every single game. Rio Hatati really looks like an incredible player, but I'm going to discount him because I don't think it's enough of an evidence so far. Jota, I've got uh, in strong, strong contention, and I would not uh, argue with anybody who wants to pick him as the number one. Same with Callum McGregor, who's been around the blocks, done it for years, with the exception sure of last is. season when he was rubbish under Neil Lennon, but that blaming Neil Lennon for that. He uh, He's obviously a, a, a terrific footballer in the midfield, running that Celtic midfield for a lot of the, the season before Hattati turned up. He kind of had to do it by himself. But I am going to go with... I'm going to go with the striker, the hardest position. I'm going to go with Kyogo. I was I sure you were going to pick... Sorry. Sorry, his, his, his touch, his movement, both are out of this world. And his ability to hit the target as well. I think he's still like nearly 60% accuracy on his shots, which is wild. Like, most forwards, even good forwards, like, kind of around about the 40s. <laughs> like, uh, to, to be nearly hitting 60 after, like, he's this far into his first full season. The only thing you can say about him is that those injury problems have restricted him, but I'm not sure whether that's... Like, we'll have to wait and see whether that's something that plagues him or whether he's just having a bit of an, an unfortunate campaign in that regard. Yeah, I, 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 I had the similar kind of issues with you in terms of like, how do you pick these guys? I was certain you were going to pick McGregor because I, I know you're you're an, an enormous fan of him in a Celtic strip. But I, I mean, I, I would and, throw, and now uh, in the Scotland top where he's played beside Billy Gilmore and and Ryan Jack before that, but yeah, not not previous to that. No, um, I, I mean, you could throw Tom Rogic into this argument probably in the in the quality that he's probably shown. I mean, it's consistency and in, in the season he's had, but he's probably more of a a form player. Obviously, you've got Greg Taylor to throw into the mix as well. But <laughs> I um, I have gone for Jota. I think if you're looking at pure who's who's the best player there, I think it's him. I think he's a player who. If Celtic get him, he will be at Celtic for precisely six months before he goes somewhere better. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I just think he's he's that good. And I think he's you know he unlike some of the other guys, he's, he's a lot younger. He's twenty two. Um, I don't know how old Hatati is. I'm just looking at it. he's he's quite young as well. But like Fur- Furuhashi, is, he's probably at he's kind of peak roughly right now. Um, and and that's great. And Kyogo, sorry, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's doing that. McGregor's at his peak. But Jota has kind of his whole career ahead of him. I, again, I have no idea. Benfica must be, I said this before, Benfica must be absolutely having attacking players coming out there. I, I don't know how good their attack must be for him not to be wanted by them because he is an absolutely fantastic player. Um, and yeah, one who, um, I'm just thinking Benfica were the team that in the, uh, should have put Barcelona uh, or they did eventually put Barcelona at the Champions League, but um, Seferovic was their centre forward. <laughs> um, Jota, Jota has more about him than him um, for for a start, but um, yeah, I think he can do everything, Jota, and will not be around in Scottish football for long at all. 
Graham. David Tumble. <laughs> no, not really. I'm <laughs> um, uh, Craig. Uh, Jota for me as well. He is of all the players at Celtic and the the number of players particularly that arrived this year, which as you quite rightly say, has kind of re-energised Callum McGregor this season as well. The Japanese guys that have come in have been great fun to watch. Kyogo as well, and particularly his movement is just so impressive. Uh, and the spaces that he picks up and the, the way in which he glides around the pitch is absolutely wonderful. But Jota is just electrifying. Like Every time I see him, he just he's a, a player that you want to you're quite happy to pay money, you're quite happy to sit down and watch on his own because the things that he does on a football pitch are just brilliant and it's all at such ludicrously high pace um, which is obviously a key part of what Boscoggle is trying to build for them but he's, uh, it's absolutely brilliant he's my, he's Celtic's whether he's Celtic's best player is up for debate he's my favourite Celtic he's my favourite player within the Celtic team at the moment and let's move on to our final team which has got to be one of the easiest in this entire list. Um, kind of looking through the rest. Yeah, we had Gordon at Hearts was pretty easy. Reagan Charles Cook, probably the number one for this. But this, I would say this is even more obvious than Gordon at Hearts. <laughs> Aberdeen, it's Lewis Ferguson. Yep. I sort of tossed up the idea of, of making a pitching an argument for Christian Ramirez uh, just to be awkward. Um but I'm not going to because Lewis Ferguson's the best player at Aberdeen. That said, he's not had as good a season as you would expect from a guy with the standards that he's already set yes. himself. I think he's a bit bored as well at Aberdeen, especially an Aberdeen team that's going to be struggling in the bottom half of the table. He wants to leave there. He wants to try his hand at English football. Uh, but he signed the contract and uh, unfortunately... When you sign a contract and you're getting these gentlemen's agreements, I'm sorry if you if you believe that you're an idiot. <laughs> like you sign a contract, you, you, you have to commit to the contract. If you want a gentleman's agreement, then uh, don't make a gentleman's agreement. Just put it in the contract. Yeah, and then, exactly. <laughs> um, he, it has to be him. And uh, what, you know whether maybe maybe it'll end up being Italy because I know there was obviously interest from there as well. But yeah, he's, he's not going to be at Aberdeen next season. Basically, 130, nearly 150 top flight games at the age of 22. He's he's an excellent footballer, really. Turning into, I mean, talk about David Turnbull, who is better than him, but there's like, there's little bits that he's starting to develop that ability to maybe be a bit more, um, a bit more creative and he's starting to be a bit more two-footed. You're starting to see him do a lot more things other than just the kind of hard graft that he probably built his reputation on as well um, and and yeah the he's had the Scotland call up and stuff like that I don't think I mean it's a very competitive midfield but I'm pretty sure he's going to hang around in that Scotland midfield as well he's just yeah, he's just a, a player who I love watching um, and yeah, we, we, yeah, a player who we won't be watching next season <laughs> I think I think you're quite right. I think he will be around the Scotland squad for a while, given his flexibility in terms of where he can play him in central midfield. Whether he plays him as a six or an eight or a ten, um, he also dropped back to centre half against St. Johnson recently yeah. and looked like <laughs> the best centre half that they've got. So again, he's the best. He's the best. He's Aberdeen's best player in about four different positions. So again, he's got to be the best player generally. Right, guys. Thank you very much. That was good fun. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yep. Cheers. And thank you to everybody for listening. Again, I'm not sure what I'm releasing this on, but uh, if you're not a part of the Patreon and it's not getting released on Patreon, <laughs> then subscribe to the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. Because if you've liked this and we have released this as a free to air podcast, then you want to listen to the worst version.
And there's no ads in that one as well. So there you go. There's another bonus. Right. We don't need to hear about your balls again. Yep. Manscaped. Trimming my balls. You're not getting paid for this. We don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.